0: So our trading edge is our statistical advantage in the market. It's what allows us to ultimately be profitable. Assuming that we follow it in most common cases, the trading edge is made up of things such as your win percentage and your average risk reward and some type of combination of that. If You guys have seen any of the videos I've done on YouTube. We have this nice little chart that shows you the the correlation between the two and where you have to be at in order to give yourself a technical edge. Well, In today's live trading room session, we had a very good discussion on a hidden part of the trading edge that isn't typically discussed, and that's going to be your position sizing. Now, yes, we have position sizing strategies. There's fixed positions where you're trading the same position each and every time. There's fixed percentage where you're always risking a blank percentage of your account. There's even money management strategies like the one we use at Tier 1 Trading where we use a smooth ratio money management strategy where it allows you to increase your position size based on your performance but the smoothing multiple or whatever does it at a safe rate, so you're not bouncing all over the place and taking increased risk. Today, we're going to talk about position sizing on a trade-to-trade basis. And just to give you a little bit of a background, we were talking about a breakout strategy where one of the signals for the breakout strategy is a fake break. So imagine that the market breaks out one way, it ends up reversing and going the other way. And kind of the premise behind the strategy is that After it breaks out in one direction and it goes in the other direction, it's a much higher percentage uh, chance that it's going to follow through. So that brought up the conversation of saying, hey, when you're in situations where you know you have a higher percentage of the result going in your favor, those are the ones where we want to risk more and then vice versa for other opportunities. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a background. And well, here's the full conversation from our live trading room. Um, And if you know that's going to be a frequent thing, if you know that the majority of your, and I'm I'm not saying this is the truth, I don't, the majority aren't fake outs, but let's say, you know, the majority are fake outs, then you just create a position size where you trade smaller on the initial position and you trade bigger on the fake out position. So for example, like you would trade like a, let's say a, a, a one contract on the initial breakout and then trade like a three contract or something like that. Um, or a two contract on the fakie. And that way, if the fakie is going to win more than the initial one, every time that fakie occurs, you're going to make up by one or two that initial loss. And so you can you can change a lot of things with your strategy just by kind of, and we don't talk about this too much because we try to keep things simple, but like playing around with the position sizing of things. So it's no different than like when we talk about the CTS system, how there's a scale of you know uh, 0 to 14 0 to 13 for the CTS but you know you probably shouldn't be taking anything under 3 <laughs> under 5 but it's very similar where it's like hey if i get a CTS of 5 that's not a great signal so i'm going to trade a half position let's say a one contract on that but if i get a CTS of 10 to 13 i know those 10 to 13s are better signals so i'm going to trade a better a uh, uh, bigger position size so you're you're trading with more size on your grade A trades, you're trading with less size on your riskier trades. And again, that's another concept that traders don't necessarily need to worry about at, at, at first. I, I like to kind of keep things simple and just like focus on learning how to trade. But kind of once you get into the mix and you understand what your grade A trades are, because newer traders probably don't know what a grade A trade is. Right. Newer traders are just like, hey, a signal's is a signal. I don't know what's good, what's bad. But kind of once you get into your 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 zone and once you have enough data acquired, you, you kind of know what your best trades are. Right. You kind of understand like you have your go to right? It's no different than like a, a sports player where it's like, hey, I, I may have different moves in, in the arsenal, but like this is my go to. So like I was watching basketball the other day it's my my 76ers got destroyed in an elimination game by the Boston Celtics. And Jason Tatum, this amazing player, put up like 50 points on us. Yeah, 51 points. Thanks, thanks, Brendan, for reminding me. Yeah, but his go-to move is he has like this—he has this like this hop to the side fadeaway shot, where he takes a dribble, then he takes like two steps to the side, and that's his go-to move, right? So when in doubt, he's going to that move. So he's got other moves that he can use, right? He can do pretty much anything on the court. He's a, a great player, but. When he needs a bucket, when he needs to get a bucket, you know that go-to move is coming, and he can depend on it, and he's confident on it. So as traders, we, we should be the same way, and it's, it's the same thing for drawdowns, right? We always talk about mentally when you're in a drawdown, um, or when you're in a drawdown, the best, the, the first thing you want to do is is kind of survive, stop the bleeding, ensure that you're not doing anything to make your situation worse. That's the first thing, right? And then you want to find a way to recover, right? Once you've assessed the situation, once you've stopped the bleeding and, and you're not going crazy, now you want to find a way to how can I recover? How can I smooth things out and get back on the right track? And drawdowns are difficult because of the mental side. If, if you've ever been in a long drawdown, and I don't know if you guys have ever been in it, but it, it feels like you can't do anything right to save your life. It, it again, it's kind of like the 76ers in that third quarter against Boston, right? They couldn't do anything right to save their lives. Right? They couldn't. Jason Tatum outscored the entire team, right? They couldn't do anything. So, in times like that, I remember playing basketball. At times like that, the coach would always say, just like, try to get to the foul line, like, get an easy shot. And the same thing in trading, right? We want to get a win, just a win. Just getting a win makes us feel good. If we can get, if we're in a drawdown, we're losing, losing, losing. Just to get one win is like, I'm not crazy. I haven't lost it. I don't suck as much as I thought I did, right? And that can shift the momentum, right? Because you're confident again. So the question is how do you get a win when everything seems like it's melting and and on fire around you? Is you go to your go to move, you you go to your go to trade, you you find your thing, whether it's a a three bar reversal, whether it's a man, a a pin bar at structure, or maybe it's a Gartley pattern. I got to find a Gartley pattern, right? And obviously, you you don't force anything, You, you take what the market. Makes available, but you, you you try to find your grade A trade, right? That what's that one trade that you're really confident? What's your the best trade in your arsenal? If it's that, ooh, man, when price comes to structure and spikes below, gives me a pin bar, then a higher high, higher close, boom, that's my thing, right? You try to find your thing, get on the right track, control yourself mentally. And then you can get back to the rest of the stuff, right? You don't want to necessarily be super risky while you're in a drawdown because, again, you're not very confident in your more riskier trades to begin with, and and when you're doing things that aren't confident in an already unconfident state, it just it just makes things worse. So, but yeah, the one of the next stages we talked about risk management, and money management, being kind of the the second phases of, of trading after you have kind of your your foundation level set right after your, your your house is is set and sturdy right now you can start furnishing it and, and buying all the the fancy stuff right now you can go to ikea if that's your thing <laughs> and and shop around right that's the same thing we want to do with our trading where we can start changing things based on our preferences where we have our grade a trades and those are the things that we're trading big sizes on and then we have our other trades, right? And our other trades are a little bit more risky. Maybe there's something that scratches an itch, right? And, and let's not undervalue that in trading either. Like the, the ability, like we, we we all have a little bit of a gambling bone in us, right? Um, I think it gets lessened over time, like we spoke about yesterday. But we all have a little bit of a gambling bone in us where we, we want action and we, we see things that aren't necessarily in our plan. And again, envision yourself as a newer trader where... You want to do all these things, but like Akil said, focus on one strategy at a time, right? But you can only do one thing in the market. So if you want to kind of scratch that itch, one, do it on a demo account with no risk. That That's, it seems dumb, but it, it works. At least it, it gets the urge away a little bit. Or if you're going to do it, obviously rules-based has to be in your trading plan, but do it with small size. So scratch that itch right with something that's not going to hurt. You know, when me and my buddy, I used to tell the casino, uh, stories all the time. I haven't been in, in, in probably like a decade, I think. Nah, well, when I go to Vegas, I went maybe close to a decade. Um, but we go to a casino, right? We I don't go with my, my trading account, right? <laughs> I don't have my trading account logged into my phone ready to cash out. No, I, I go with just some side money, whatever money was dedicated to losing or what I thought was going to be losing. Whether it's, hey, I'm going with like, 500 bucks and I'm just gonna gamble until these and with this and nothing more right you go you go with money that is purposeful. Um, not money that's that's needed for something else. so but yeah, changing size is another thing that's that's something else that you can consider doing in strategies and that is a part of the edge. it's a it's an under talked about part of your edge but position sizing could be a part of your edge if you can if you can ID, where most of your losses come from, and where most of your wins come from, and set up your position size in a way that it takes advantage. You're, you're trading bigger on your you're trading bigger when you have a greater likelihood to win, and you're trading smaller when you have a greater likelihood to lose. Um, that adds to your edge as a trade, trader, trader, um, massively in some cases. So when you think about that inside bar fakie break, yeah, that, that's certainly one where something worth looking into when you start digging into the numbers hope that made sense try to give you a little background information in the beginning just so I can kind of put you in uh, the, the situation with us, but what's better than pretending to be in the situation with us is actually being in the situation with us. So if you have the opportunity, make sure you join us in the live trading room. We host a London session and a New York session Tuesday through Thursday, each and every week at www.tier1trading.com. If you can't make it live, don't worry. All the sessions are recorded. All the recessions are recessions. Uh, see, see what I got on mind there? All the sessions are uploaded. That way you can view and review at your leisure. www.tier1trading.com. Check it out.